right, season two, episode fourteen. Welcome, and if you, it's it's a bit of overload because this will be the third episode within the last seven days. All right, to start off, like good times, bad times, obviously, but but sort of a pre-good time, bad time, I have two things. One, we got an email from friend of the show, Mike Basnick. He was mentioning that the vaccine that Canada pre-ordered is the vaccine that you need two shots of. So 56 million doses actually only does 23 million, 28 million people, 27 and a half million people. So we didn't order enough. We well, yeah, yeah. Sounds like we didn't order enough. But maybe, maybe twenty-seven million will get. Well, no, you really want everybody to get it, don't you? Yeah, that's how vaccines work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I have two things to say to that. The first one is, I'm glad somebody on the show does the research. I know <laughs> somebody's fact checking. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mike. it's half the time i start a story and then you ask me a question i'm like i don't know and then uh the other thing is i hate needles it's bad enough i'm gonna have to get a vaccine now they're gonna make me get two it's like the hep i think the hep vaccine is the same you take a shot and then three months later you have to remember to go get the second or the first didn't work oh god that's that's a bad system because i hate it a and b half the population isn't gonna remember yeah, I've got the first hep shot three times. I don't think I ever remembered to go get the second one. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm actually covered or not. <laughs> and you have to pay for it. Like I paid for the first one three times. I just never remember to go get the second. Oh, that's that. You should never have to pay for a vaccine. That's just bad. Well, you don't need to get the hepatitis vaccine, right? If unless you travel, like it's not a requirement. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure you need to pay for it. Maybe I'm wrong. Either way. You know, I should do it. And and the other thing I meant to say last week that I I forgot to was how much better the province of Alberta was at cleaning their highways than the province of Saskatchewan, having driven it both in the same day. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, it feels like it should be similar. <laughs> They're both prairies. They're both pretty flat roads. Maybe Maybe the weather's slightly different, but it's not that far away. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I've never really driven in Saskatchewan much, so I trust you. Yeah, well, it could have just been the wind and the weather, I guess. But just something I noticed when I switched provinces, the driving got nicer. <laughs> on, to, on to more regular good times, bad times. They, I, I was reading a story about how a California man heard some, some growling when he was outside with his dog. And he looks over and his, his a bear had the dog's head in his mouth and he he rushed over punched the bear in the face got him to release the dog and and then took the dog and went away like a big bear that's impressive i'm not sure well first of all i don't think chewy or leia would last long in a in a bear's mouth i don't think if their head is in the bear's <laughs> mouth their entire body their whole body's the probably in the bear's mouth it's it's like it's like lord farquad from from you know like he just it's just completely completely one swallow but <laughs> i'm not i'm not sure i would i'm not sure it's worth trying to fight a bear for the dog i i don't know i don't know i feel like he got really lucky that the bear didn't decide to eat him instead yeah i agree 
I agree. That's that's. I mean, that's a risk. And and ha- why would you think punching the bears in the face is going to work? I mean, it did. And but he said now the bears coming around every day because he didn't get to finish <laughs> his dinner. I guess so. He thinks there's dinner there. I don't know. He's back for revenge. He can't, or he's back for revenge. Yeah, he can't keep the bear away. He comes every day. <laughs> Bad times, on the other hand, a pastor in the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Michigan named Bart Spencer has told his congregation to catch the coronavirus to get it over with. His quote was oh, his quote was COVID. It's all good. It's okay. Get it. Get it over with. Press on. Unless of course you're dead. In which case it's hard yeah. to press on. Yeah, it is it is hard to press on once last week once you're dead. Yeah, last week COVID was the number one killer in the US overtaking heart conditions or heart disorders or whatever it's called oh geez heart disease that's what heart disease you said oh geez and that reminds me well it is i mean it's it's normally been heart disease but last week coronavirus was number one but you know it's all good press on yeah it's fine don't worry about it all right over to you yeah i unfortunately don't have a good time this week not that i i mean personally i've actually had a pretty good week but i just haven't seen anything in the news that particularly stood out to me as being woohoo but i do have one bad time trench fever which is a disease that was most most commonly found in world war one soldiers who fought in the trenches hence the name has been found uh in the homeless population of winnipeg what which is is, i would say definitely a bad time is it like a, a flu is it a flu bug sort of thing or um i'm not entirely sure because what i'm realizing now is i thought it was i was confusing it with trench foot but it's it's not it's something different the disease is transmitted through the feces of body lice which can be left on clothing and trigger an itchy reaction causing people to scratch their skin to the point that they end up with abrasions that's Mm. gross it can also cause fever, shin pain, and potentially fatal heart infections called endocarditis. Yeah, so, I mean, I wonder why just Winnipeg, first of all, versus other homeless populations. Are they doing mm-hmm. something that other people aren't? Or are not doing something that other people are? And secondly, it it's just another reason that I'm glad, you know, I've never had to be in any trenches. Yeah. Well, apparently, it is a very misunderstood disease, and it can go undiagnosed because doctors are unlikely to be aware of what to look for and don't order specific lab tests that could call call for it. I think there are only other four other cases known of in Canada outside of these um, this homeless population in, in Winnipeg. So maybe it is. Maybe it is in other homeless populations, and they, we just don't know. Maybe, although you... Maybe I guess it'll probably come out then because if it is if they found it in Winnipeg, then they must maybe other people start looking. But either yeah. way, it, it sounds like something you want to get rid of. Yeah, the the doctor who found it says it's a disease associated with wartime conditions and refugee camps, and it's found in Canada. If we didn't have this degree of poverty in Canada, we wouldn't have this disease. Yeah, that's not good. No, there are a few right now massive homeless camps in Edmonton two or three, one of them not too far from me. And the mayor of Edmonton in September pledged to end homelessness in Edmonton by the end of the fall. 
And, Which fall? Uh, I mean, I guess technically fall's not over yet. Which fall? But I'll... Yeah, exactly, right? Which I thought was always a stupid promise, because... I feel like it's impossible. It's such a short period of time. Now, listen, I shouldn't. I should clarify. I don't think it's impossible to end homelessness. I think it's possible to end homelessness in four months. I think within the city of nearly a million people, it's. I just don't see it. Um, certainly, you can implement the programs within four months that we know lead towards less going towards no homelessness, but you can't just end it within four months. So I think it was a reckless promise that was just meant to look good. And then on top of that, I haven't heard or seen of him actually do anything towards that goal. So Don Ive is in, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, it's an aggressive target for sure. I don't think you can, well, I don't think you can end homelessness uh, completely because sometimes people don't want places when you, like there are people that, you know, they, they have shelters sometimes. When really cold nights, the shelters are full, but there are nights when the shelters are not full and people don't go to them because, you know, I'm talking about summer and stuff because they don't want to. Well, I mean, part of that problem is they don't feel safe in the shelters, I guess, but. Yeah, but but programs such as UBI lead towards an end of homelessness. Like Finland has pretty much no homeless population. Pretty much no or no? Because you can get to pretty much no, but you, I think it's difficult to get to no. What I've read is that they have no homeless population, but I have not fact-checked that, so I don't want to say no homeless population. Right. There's a kind of hush all over the world. Tonight, all over the world, you can hear the sound. All over the world. And starting with Bizarre Story, there's been monoliths popping up all over the world. Have you seen this? Yeah. They've been found in the U.S., in Utah and California, Romania, and then just recently on the Isle of Wight. There has been an anonymous art collective called the Most Famous Artists that have taken credit for the Utah structure and the California structure, but I, I don't know if they claim the other two, but you got to believe it's the same group doing them all, if, if they're actually no, doing them, or, so. or it's a movie promo or, or something. I, I don't know what... Do you know what? Do you know more about it? It's weird. Aliens? Uh, <laughs> I think the one that they found in Utah was probably some sort of artist thing from years ago. And then the speculation around it just kind of started a fad of other people putting them up. Oh, is that what that's what you think? That's what I think, yeah. Could be. I don't think it's anything fun. Are they exactly the same? I haven't really seen pictures to compare. Was the first one a lot older than the newer ones? That, well, I heard that they thought the first one might be, um, they said it could be decades old. Cool. So there was a, but then the other ones are not. They're relatively new. Yes. That's, well, that's my Who had, who, well, now I have something to do with the monolith in the garage. Like, what <laughs> do you mean? Where are they just popping up from? I don't know. I guess artists are making them. It, if you make it hollow, it's probably not too difficult to make if you know what you're doing. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, probably. In India, in Aluru City in Andhra Pradesh, there is a mysterious disease that's been spreading. So far, it's claimed one life and 292 residents fell sick. The disease saw people suddenly falling unconscious after suffering from symptoms of, of fits and nausea. Not yet sure what the cause is, but all the people were COVID negative. 
most people recovered quickly, like very quickly, within sort of a few hours. But oh. but there has been one death, and a number of people had to be hospitalized. So weird. Yeah. I, I'm assuming something waterborne, if it's in sort of one city. It's got to be, right? Li- likely. I hope it's not like a new pandemic. Yeah. We haven't even got really old one yet. Yeah, exactly. One at a time, please. <laughs> That's what I first read when I started reading about it. And people are normally recovering in a few hours. It's like, well, it's probably not going to be this on the similar scale, but yeah. But that is all what I thought. I had very similar thoughts when COVID started to be a thing. Like when I was like, ah, it's not going to blow up. Oh, it's not going to affect that many people. Oh, it's not going to leave the Southeast Asian region. Region, like you never know. It's uh... yeah. And speaking of COVID, North Korea has publicly executed executed a citizen for violating emergency quarantine measures. According to Radio Free Asia, RFA, a citizen in North Korea was executed by firing squad shooting after a man was accused of smuggling with his Chinese business partners. Now, a couple things. One, do you need to say firing squad shooting? What, what else do the firing squad do to you? Yeah. <laughs> I died. I think that's they, redundant, but they um, fired you from your job. Stoning. Uh, <laughs> uh, the public execution was reportedly ordered in an effort to scare other citizens into strict compliance with the emergency quarantine measures in the country. So, wow. yeah, North Korea problem. I thought they didn't have any COVID. That's the well, last that, thing I, I heard. This of. person didn't even have COVID. They just they just violated the quarantine measures. So they shot them. No, but what I was saying was, why Why do they need quarantine measures? They say they don't have any COVID. Ah, right. Yes, well, it's to prevent COVID. Ah. He was smuggling, I so he, I think he maybe left the country or something. It's a proactive government. Yes. Better than reactive. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you got anything for all over the world? I do. I have two things here. First thing is that Venezuela's dictator recently won big in the Venezuela uh, House elections, like their House of Representatives. His party, which didn't actually used to control it, has swept in and I believe taken control or at least gotten closer. Do they use the Dominion counting system? (laughs) I don't know, actually. But what I can tell you is that this election was... According to Susan Susan Powell, uh, it was developed there for Hugo Chavez. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Finish your story. (laughs) Um, it was, but it was lar- the election was largely boycotted by the opposition parties because they say it was rigged and unfair. And I get that, but I've never understood when opposition parties do that because aren't you just helping to strengthen the the dictator when you tell people to stay home? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I get you. You. you the the election's unfair, so we're not going to participate. That's just going to make it so much easier to rig in favor of, of your uh, authoritarian regime. Yeah. The, the uh, speaking of, and this is probably, I don't think I wrote it down, but I saw a video this week of, uh, what's that lawyer's name for, for Trump? Lynn Ward or something like that? Lynn yeah. Ward from Georgia? And he was going off about how if those, because the runoffs in January, right? The two yeah. Senate senate runoffs he's like we're not if if those two people don't come out and 
say that they support Trump and that we need to make sure the Georgia votes for Trump, then we're not going to vote for them because we we know we aren't. You can't fool us twice. We it's rigged, and we're not going to vote. I'm like, yeah, keep going, keep talking. <laughs> yeah, I had that. I had that story later in Trump. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I haven't read down that far yet. You can tell it again. You'll probably tell it better. You'll have the details. I just, I don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's so that's that. I mean, I think that's probably bad for Venezuela. And, and I've never understood, because I know they do it in Russia sometimes, too, where the opposition's like, don't vote. Well, like, no, vote. They should. But in Russia, you don't want to run because you'll get poisoned if you're running against Putin. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. Anyway. I just think that the the best way to fight authoritarianism is to go out en masse. And so I think it's just silly. Because, of course, this is going to happen if nobody's voting for the opposition party. Because the opposition party says don't vote. I just don't understand. Yeah, it's not smart. <laughs> but anyway, the other thing I have is that um, India is mad at us right now. Oh, are we holding someone uh, from theirs in jail as well? <laughs> no, not quite. Um... Justin Trudeau came out and made a statement about the India farmers protests that are going on, essentially saying that people have the right to protest and, um, you know, that kind of thing. And then India said that it was a dangerous rhetoric and shows a complete misunderstanding of Indian affairs and that basically Justin Trudeau needs to butt out of what's an internal Indian dispute. Which is a pretty harsh reaction to people have the right to protest. It does seem a little bit over the top. I was going to say, it yeah. doesn't sound... I, I don't know exactly what Trudeau's statement was, but if it's people have the right to protest, then if that's the whole statement, <laughs> it feels over well, the top. No, it, there was a bit more. I, uh, I I did read it. I can't remember exactly what it says. But it wasn't like... It was something along those lines. Like, it wasn't a very inflammatory it wasn't, statement. It wasn't like the government of India has to cave to the protests of the farmers of India, blah, blah, blah. it wasn't anything like that it was just it was, this, it was this i just found it canada will always stand up for the right of peaceful protest anywhere around the world and we're pleased to see moves towards de-escalation and dialogue that's that's oh, the... no wait that's what he said no sorry sorry that's what he said in response to india being mad what he said was we believe in the importance of dialogue and that's why we've reached out through multiple means directly to the indian authorities to highlight our concerns yeah, I mean, I don't know. What was he specifically asked about it by someone? Because it is probably an Indian affair. Why does why why do people unless somebody's like saying, "Can you help us?" Why are we sticking our? It is. Why are we sticking our noses in? But I mean, yeah. Well, if it's an out of the blue used, statement, apparently they recently used water cannons, tear gas, and batons to break up protests. Oh well, then yeah, that's um, starting to get a little bit. Dodgy, it's if not, it's a peaceful protest. Say, yeah, and I would not say it's just a Indian concern because some Canadian farmers have staged rallies and launched social media campaigns in solidarity with Indian farmers. So uh, I don't know if he was asked about that, but I mean, I, I still feel like that's a fairly gentle response to water cannons and batons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, hey. Hey, TNT. Oh, now both my Trudeaus are about Ford this week, so <laughs> here we go. I meant to talk about this last week, this first one. This is the other thing I meant to talk about last week, but Ontario passed a law to move to daylight savings time, which 
I am a hundred percent in favor of. It's dark here at four thirty now. It, by by six o'clock, it feels like midnight. I hate it. So yeah. I am a hundred percent going for move to daylight savings. But the loss permanently, you mean? Yeah, permanently. Just yeah, yeah. we won't call it daylight savings anymore. We'll just call it time. <laughs> but but the law says we're only going to do it if Quebec and New York do it. Why? Be a leader here. Have some backbone. Do it. Who cares what New York and Quebec do? We're talking yeah. about adults here. For the most part, you know, it's businesses, right? It's run by adults. We'll be able to figure it out. It's an hour difference. Yeah. Only for six months of the year. We'll get by. Just change the time. Change it. Yeah. Do it. Switch. I've only met one person, and that was when it was in, in Saskatoon, who likes m- bright mornings. I'd much rather have bright evenings. It Really? That's funny because it's in Saskatoon because Saskatchewan doesn't have daylight savings time. Yeah, he was upset about it. <laughs> no, they're stuck on daylight savings time. Yeah, but it's just time because yeah. they never shift. No, I know, but, but it is daylight savings that they have all the time. It's lighter later. Yes. Yes. That's the way you want to go. I agree. But I guess, you know, grass is always greener. Well, I wouldn't be able to tell because it's too dark. <laughs> uh, Doug Ford, on second second uh, story of, of Ford in this Trudeau section, the Doug Ford's Green Belt, Belt Council chair, David Crombie, has resigned. He said the Aren't reason... Sorry? Why don't, you ex- why don't you explain what the green belt is for all our uh, Ohioan audience? Yes, that's right. So there's a conservation authority uh, for Ontario. The green belt is an area where you're not just allowed to build massive buildings, or really much. Is way even on your even on your own property, you can't necessarily put different structures in because it's an it's an important part to the ecology of Ontario. Is that a fair defi- definition? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Doug David Cron. Crombie has said that the reason for the resignation is because the province is pushing forward with a plan that will limit the Conservation Authority's ability to assess the environmental impact of developments, and it will force them to issue permits on sensitive lands across the province. Uh, The changes that are coming have been called the most extreme changes to date to the Conservation Authorities Act. And I saw just yesterday six other councillors joined him in resigning. Yeah, because he resigned. A bunch of people are also resigning behind him. It's just, uh, I mean, as much as I know the Conservatives are pro-business, there's a reason that, that this place is protected. And I don't think it's specifically talking about building on the green belt. But, you know, you don't want to put uh, a a big chemical plant right beside the green belt either. So that's, that's, I think that's what more of the issues are is, is what impact uh, structures and buildings outside the green belt may have on the green belt. Mm-hmm. And, and that basically they're taking away their authority to say anything about it. So uh, mass protests, mass res- resignations, and it looks like the government's uh, just going to replace <laughs> the government's response was something like he was almost done his term. Anyway, we're looking for a new chair. <laughs> so I don't think that they're going to stop it wasn't it wasn't pause for reflection on the bill. Yeah, no. Ugh. Well, it I I find it so concerning how flippantly conservatives approach environmental regulations and reviews. Like they just call it like red tape and gets in the way of business as if it's not a very important thing. 
and I think that really more more than anything shows their view and thoughts on climate change because conservative parties may say that they believe in man-made climate change or they they you know think it's a serious threat but then when they approach the things that are actually trying to do something about it and minimize it they're like it's red tape it gets in the way it's not important it doesn't do anything but it does like it's well thought out written by experts yeah well and i mean there is lots of government bureaucracy and red tape but there's some of it is there for a reason exactly no i agree i think there is lots of bureaucracy and red tape but if you're going to go cutting it don't start with the environmental regulations yeah anyway trudeau that's the last thing you touch trudeau to you do you have some trudeau yeah, again, not much to do with actual Trudeau, but, you know, stuff. Um, hmm. Meng, Meng Wangzhou. God bless you. <laughs> oh. All right, well, that was a small interruption from a purelator driver, but sorry, get back to your, <laughs> your Trudeau. Yes, Meng Wangzhou, the Huawei executive that we are, the CFO that we're holding still for the U.S., is back in court today to continue with, you know, trial stuff. But it's looking like the U.S. is going to strike a deal with her and let her go as long as she admits wrongdoing, which is a weird way to work. Just say you're guilty and then we'll let you go. <laughs> yeah, it might be because they're looking for a bigger fish. Like if she's uh, yeah. guilty, then this person's guilty so we can arrest them. Or, or they're trying to make themselves look good and, and, and so that the arrests, they don't get... But, I mean, they're not really... Nobody cares about the U.S. and the rest. It's all on us. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, it also, I mean, I mean, I wonder if the can- people in Canada are like, then why did we do this again? Yeah, really. <laughs> and like, the two Michaels two that are being in held in China, they're like, what are we here for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It feels a little uncool, but... I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do, and we're going to hold up our hold up our treaty obligations. Yeah. Plus, you know, I don't know what the outcome was was ever going to be. It was probably always she's going to go free. Like she's probably going to go free. So they're trying to get her to admit something that she did something wrong. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Trudeau announced just today, just not too long ago. Just to clarify, that- we are doing this on Monday. That's why we have stuff happening today. Yes. Um, that 249,000 vaccine doses are going to arrive by the end of the year. Now, we were talking earlier about how that's, what, what, 120... 125-ish, 124,500. Yeah. Unless doses means both shots. Yeah, I don't know. I, that, I don't know. But either way... Whether it's two forty nine or one twenty four five, you're only talking about some of the do- a portion of the doctors and nurses, like a portion of the frontline workers. Yeah, yeah, it's a start, but it's uh, it is not much. I don't know how you decide who gets it first. If we get that many a month coming in, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be bad at all. And sort of by the, hopefully, actually, you get more than that. Like you need almost. Like even if you get a million do- even if you get a million doses a month and that's both shots, you still need forty months for everybody to get vaccinated. So you really need more than that. You need like yeah, ten million doses a month if you want people yeah. if you want the country done in like half a year. Yeah. Well we'll see what comes. We'll see what's coming. 
I think as we get more vaccine approvals, we'll probably get more shipments. Yeah, and then I wonder if there'll be I wonder if there'll be like a popular vaccine and a less popular vaccine. <laughs> I want though this one. I'd like they get the, better uh, stickers. Blue raspberry flavored one. <laughs> yeah, so so we'll see. But you know what? It's two hundred and forty nine thousand more vaccines than were on the way yesterday, so Yeah. Absolutely. This is the one that needs to be stored at minus 70 or something as well, right? Could be. I think it is. I think that's the Pfizer one. I think that needs to be stored at minus 70, which does complicate matters. I mean, it's not impossible, but it, you know, there's not a lot of tractor trailers that running at minus 70. Yeah. Like we'll you just need, ship you them need... to Yellowknife and then people can keep them on their back porch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is This is not, I don't know if this counts so much as a news article, but... I did see it as a news article, so I, I included it. Annamie Paul, you know, she's the new leader of the Green Party, Her the, the title of the CBC article was, Annamie Paul's low profile isn't helping the Green Party. And I was like, fair enough. <laughs> I feel like there was some uh, uh, original excitement when she was first elected, because she was a history-breaking candidate, first black woman to lead a major federal party, first Jewish woman. So there was, like, some excitement around that, and then there was some excitement when she ran in Toronto Centre and she came in a close second, which was great for the Greens, it is now considered the third most likely riding to win. And they have three seats, so that's not a good thing. <laughs> um, because <laughs> Jenica Atwin in Fredericton is is in a tight race. But yeah, since then she has kind of faded. Like, I haven't heard too much from her. And it is a little reminiscent of Jagmeet Singh in 2018 or whenever he was... 2018, I think, when he was elected leader of the NDP and or like do something yeah i mean what yeah i guess she could be but she can't she can't go into house of commons she doesn't have a seat right she can't go into she'd have to be up where the guests sit for question period sort of thing right yes yes but i feel like i don't know make your presence heard in other ways be try to get on all the news channels to comment on what the government's doing there are other ways to get notoriety yeah fair enough I, I think she could be doing more. But you know what? I, I still think she's a strong candidate. I think she's a strong speaker. And Jagmeet Singh's popularity really took off as much as the NDP's popularity really ever takes off once he was in and once it was an ele- election season. And so, once he started playing um, video games with the uh, AOC. Yeah, riding off the coattails of U.S. popularity. So, so we'll see. I, I wouldn't count her out yet, but I do think she needs to do a little bit more. Uh, the loonie hit its highest point in two years, at one point hitting 77.61 cents in compared to the U.S. dollar. And this largely due to COVID optimism and oil prices, surprisingly. The oil prices is because OPEC or, or whatever big Middle Eastern... Yeah, OPEC. The Organization of Petroleum Ex- Exporting Countries and Russia are reportedly nearing a deal to extend production cuts of more than 7 million barrels a day past January, which is, I guess, good. Well, it drives the price of oil up. So then if it goes up, then they can do the oil sands. If they can do the oil sands, then Alberta has money and Canada has some money. Yeah, which, uh, you know, it's good, whatever. I like seeing oil fail, but I guess people have jobs and the economy and stuff. I mean, the, um, the thing about the thing about the loony being high is it's great for people if they want to go to the states and shop cheaply, 
Uh, if they want to, if you want to travel to the states, which I can't believe anybody wants to right now. I can't believe anybody wants to shop in the states right now either. But online shopping, I guess, you know, you want your loony to be high. But uh, you know, for businesses, if you're if you're either you're manufacturing and marketing and selling strictly in Canada, which case doesn't matter how high or low the loony is, or more likely you sell your goods in the U.S. So a lower dollar helps you. You pay your wages in Canadian dollars and you sell in U.S. dollars. That's a lot of companies, a lot of Canadian companies. So really, a, a, a lower dollar helps the businesses more. But yeah, that is true. I think I think the only time, the only reason I like seeing a high loony is national pride. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, I like. But, I don't uh, know. I, I always figure around eighty cents is pretty good. Well, it hit 77, and that's the highest in two years, so we haven't even been near 80 in a while. Yeah, but it wasn't that long ago that it was a buck, too. Yeah, that was like 2009 or something, Yeah, Yeah, it was right after the crash. It was up over a dollar. So, not that long ago, meaning 12, 13 years? Yeah, but it doesn't feel like that. (laughs) No, I do remember that. I remember when that was a a thing. And then it it took a while to dip down below 80 again. It was kind of hanging around the 90s for a bit, and then the 80s, and... Yeah. Now I think it mostly hangs out in the 60s. Uh, I don't know if it's that low. I think normally it's in the 70s. Low 70s, high 60s? I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, it's not something I watch every day, but I don't remember it ever hitting the 60s. Like no, recently. Right. Uh, it could have, but I, I don't, I think I would have heard. Because that, that would be low. To be honest, as a total guest based on 77 being the highest. Oh. So no, I but I think it, I think 60s. it sort of goes up and down like a half a cent is a big move like it doesn't really it's not like it moves (laughs) up and down you know a dime or a nickel a day or anything (laughs) yeah that's probably good probably don't (laughs) something just that the cat or there was some there was one on the last one there was something you said the exact same thing (laughs) the one i was there and recorded it was like something just fell upstairs yeah well lots of things fall upstairs in this house it's fine nothing bad's ever happened yet um, I was just going to say, yeah, you probably don't. If the loony was moving around by dimes and nickels every day, that would probably be a really bad sign. Yeah, it's probably not great, so it's good. Uh, anyway, the Liberal government has introduced a bill to implement the United Necla- United Declarations, United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, which was a UN declaration that passed in 2007, 13 years ago. And the Liberals promised to introduce it in their 2015 campaign. So, so they're a little behind, but... Yeah, don't say that the Liberals don't follow up on their promises. It just takes them an extra five or so years. <laughs> they're just bad at planning. That's it. Yeah. Red tape. You know, the... Yeah. <laughs> the the other thing is the Indigenous Services Minister has acknowledged that the Liberals are not going to meet their deadline to end boil water advisories on uh, on reserves. Haven't yeah, it's passed, is also, isn't it? I don't think it's passed yet. Oh, oh, is it end of the year? Maybe who knows? Yeah, it's 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 approaching. I mean, I'm sure rapidly. somebody knows. Yeah, but I knew they weren't doing well on that, and yeah, it's, it's just acknowledged that they're not going to make it. Um, I just think they lollygag in general. That, but, that's uh, that's all governments pretty much. <laughs> yeah, because I've, anyway, sa- I've said it before. It's not about. It's not about actually getting work done. It's about offending as few people as possible over their four years so they get reelected next time. Yeah. 
But this uh, United Nations declaration, which will certainly pass because the Liberals will support it, the NDP will support it, and the Greens will support it. The Conservatives will oppose it because, I don't know, they don't care about Indigenous people. And then um, the Bloc will support it, will oppose it because they're against any sort of rights that benefit a specific group of people unless it's the French. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, if passed, the bill would require that the federal government ensure that the laws of Canada are consistent with the Declaration's 46 articles. It would also require the federal government to prepare an action plan within three years of the bill's passage to achieve the Declaration's objectives and to table an annual report detailing progress made. What are the The objectives? Sorry? What are the objectives? The Declaration's objectives, oh yeah, the resolution affirms the right of Indigenous peoples to their language, culture, self-determination, and traditional lands. It also establishes minimal standards for the survival and well-being of Indigenous people. Crown Indigenous Relations Minister Carolyn Bennett said the government bill is a response to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and the National Inquiry into the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls, both called for municipal, provincial, and federal governments to fully implement and comply with the declaration at a technical briefing for reporters held on the condition that the officials involved not be identified a senior government official said the bill is not written to make the united nations declaration a part of federal law but instead identifies the declaration as a human rights instrument that governments and courts can use to guide the development interpretation of canadian law and by not making it a part of federal law i feel like they're just giving themselves a backdoor exit for whenever they want to ignore it uh, maybe, but let's see how it how it plays out. It sounds like it's a good thing. Yeah, I would agree. It is a good thing. I, I, I truly cannot imagine what the conservatives have against it, but they're really rallying uh, against it. I don't know exactly what the 46 articles are, but I do know that Canada's Human Development Index, if you just count the conditions on reserves, are comparable to what you might consider third world countries. And so we will have to put effort into making sure that a minimum standard of living is available to Indigenous people while keeping their traditional lands, well, the traditional lands that we've decided to allow them to keep, considering the fact that this whole country is their traditional lands. Hopefully this... this puts us towards that. I have to... I mean, yeah, I think it's a good thing. It's... it's late, but better late than never. Yeah, I don't know what. I, I, I mean, I, I only. I haven't been to many reserves, but the the ones in Yellowknife are okay. Like when you go out to Detta, and if you go to. Uh, what's it? Is that Detta that's on the island? Is that Detta? I don't remember. Oh. Uh. Um, yeah, it was okay. It was not the nicest area in terms of development. It was certainly considered one of the more dangerous areas of the city. And, I mean, you just have to go to the fact that so many reserves are on boil water advisories. Yeah, I don't think that was the case there, but that's one thing that yeah, was nice I mean, up there was that there's good water everywhere. But, I mean, I... I the, other thing, the other thing about Yellowknife is you, you have a territorial government that looks after its indigenous population more than most levels of government ever would. And there's lots of money there because of the mines and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like, the the, the premier of the Northwest Territories is almost always indigenous. Yeah. I, I, is it 
it's my own ignorance. I don't know how these things work. But do they want the government just to come in and start doing things? Because isn't that not what they want? Well, many indigenous groups have been calling for the United Nations Declaration to be implemented. So I know they do want that. I think, though, it's more about the government providing them with the resources and ability to improve their own conditions. And I think they wouldn't mind the government coming in and giving them access to clean water because that is... Yeah, everybody has. Everybody should have clean water in Canada. Yeah. It's Canada in Canada for sure. Everybody should have clean water. Like there's, there's a lot of, we bottle it and sell it to the states in millions of liters a day. So, you know, for pennies, for pennies, pennies per hundred liters or hundreds of liters. So you can't say we don't have the water to give. That's that's not that's should be, shouldn't even be on the table. It shouldn't even be a thing. Yeah, exactly. But it's popular. I know it's popular amongst indigenous rights groups and and the Truth and Reconciliation Commission called for it and the Missing and Murdered uh, Indigenous Women uh, report called for it. So I would say it's overall a good thing. Yeah. Anyway, you got some Trump? Yeah. Trump's legal team is apparently eating at Chipotle. uh, (laughs) Rudy had a couple of uh, experiences that were caught on the mic, and this is probably... You know, I've learned you don't want your gain up too high because then the mic will catch things like you passing gas twice, (laughs) twice in the same meeting. And the woman beside him obviously heard it because she gave him a really bad look. So I I don't know what's going on there. But I mean, yeah, he's older, but jeepers, just, you know, squeeze it for the couple hours that you're at the meeting or call for a recess or something. (laughs) Right? Uh, yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah. Or just turn down the gain on the mic so it doesn't pick up small noises. <laughs> also, speaking of Rudy, he has now tested positive for COVID, which is not surprising considering the the folks that he travels around with and yeah, no, meets not with. He's up there, so hopefully he will make it through. But, you know, in that well, in that sort of area where where it it's not a sure thing yeah you know a while ago i um a few few episodes ago now i talked about chuck grassley who's the president pro tempore of the senate republican from iowa yeah 80 um, senator from iowa he had covid 86 oldest or something man in the senate yeah. he was 87 yeah and he's better now he was asymptomatic the whole time really yeah wow and like I didn't want him to die. Somebody's got to like, check him out. Like they should just just he should be the vaccine. Yeah, but I'm like it's I I just it's to me it's unfair that these horrible people get off without without even any symptoms. Like he didn't even have a stuffed nose. I'm and not sure that's a symptom, but yeah, blocking you know relief relief bills to others, and then he gets it. And he doesn't even get a lesson taught. So honestly, I'm looking at Rudy having COVID, and I'm like, he's just going to be asymptomatic the whole time. <laughs> Maybe. Like, just it annoys me. It annoys me that he was asymptomatic. I was so upset. There was a uh, another another part of another Rudy uh, Rudy esque story. Not exactly about Rudy, but he he has now brought out the big guns, the star witness, Melissa Carone. Uh yeah, star might be pushing it. I mean, it is a video that I 
people have accents, and I understand that. And I, I don't necessarily, I like some, I don't like some, but you aren't going to judge a person on their accent. Like, that's just how they're taught. But this, but lazy speaking, and it, is, it annoys me. Like, for example, you know, she instead of saying didn't, it's like didn't. You know, I mean, mm. that's not an accent. It's a, and like, it, there's a bunch of words in there that she does that with. And it's just, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it just sounds not smart. At one point, the, the Republican, now this is, this is a Republican. This is supposedly the people that are on their side said to her, they're talking about the log, some sort of voting book or so, I don't mm-hmm. know what it's called, but I, I don't know how it works, but there's some sort of book there. And he he said, you know, we've looked at the book and we aren't finding it 30,000 off because it's in an area where I guess Biden won by 30,000 votes. And we're not finding it 30,000 30, off. And she said, did you take it and do something crazy with it? I don't understand that statement. I, I do. I think I think one of two things. One, she started to say something like, did you take it and... And then she was like going to go to an area where it got, she started cursing and she realized halfway that she couldn't do that. So she said, do something crazy with it. Or two, and, and, and I think the more likely scenario, she said, did you take it and hope to come up with something funny and just didn't, you know, so sort of got partway down her, her journey and realized she didn't have a destination. And so just <laughs> ended with do something crazy with it because she that's the best she could come up with on the spot. Yeah. But it's... but but the whole if you haven't watched the video uh, and you're you're sort of a a sucker for abuse tune in and watch it. I, I mean there is a point where Rudy Giuliani tries to make her stop talking and when you've yeah. lost Rudy <laughs> you are you are out there. Yeah, I mean it it plays like an SNL sketch. It really does. It really does. It is you, they couldn't write it if they tried. Yeah, it is absurd. It is an absurd She's an absurd person, an absurd witness. I don't know how you could... I mean, she doesn't come off as credible as all at all. And she was thrown out by another judge for being... The judge said something like, I can't find anything credible in your statements. Yeah. And then... I signed court, a piece of paper that said if I was lying, I'd go to jail. Did you sign it? It's... <laughs> I mean, listen, the only time she won any points with me was when she was saying that she's been threatened and her children have been threatened and her husband's been threatened and i believe that i'm not sure i do you're not i do i people in the u.s on both sides can be vile to the other side and that's unacceptable but but also she also said she quit social media but if you they you know i think one of the late night people just googled her and she didn't oh well she might not have deleted her profile but she might not use it maybe but anyway uh it is ridiculous she's ridiculous there's I mean, she's not going to win anybody over. Nobody's going to believe this woman. No, people would, people will believe her. What I meant is, she's not going to convince somebody who didn't already believe. Yeah. Okay. That this fair. is happening. Yeah, yeah. She's not going to sway anyone. So I uh, it's bad call. Bad call to bring her on. Yeah. Was, was there no pre-trial? He, like, okay, this is what we're going to say. We're going to be, you know, professional. No, none of that. <laughs> well, no, because that's Rudy. Yeah. So and then and then actually a story about Trump. So on Saturday, Trump demanded to know the Republicans who have acknowledged President-elect Joe Biden as the winner of the presidential presidential election. 
the president was referring to a survey from the Washington Post that found only 25 congressional Republicans acknowledged Biden's victory. Trump said, 25? Wow, I'm surprised there are so many. We have just begun to fight. Please send me the list of the 25 rhinos. I read the fake news Washington Post as little as possible. Yeah, yeah, that... Ugh. That's it's just... interesting. I, like, there's only... Obviously, he's trying to... Well, anyway. I, I don't understand why these people are still backing this losing horse because republicans did well in the senate and republicans did well in the house and trump got yeah. a lot of votes yeah but republicans won seats in this you know they they held their ground in the senate and they they won a bunch of seats in the house like that it made a majority barely a majority so these people don't need to kowtow to trump trump lost right so, but why yeah. are they still doing it? You can, if everybody that voted for those Republicans voted for Trump, Trump would have won, but they didn't. So they can, they can now, uh, you know, disconnect their tongues from his butt and, and think for themselves. Well, the thing is, Trump still has his loyal base. And if he tells them not to vote for a specific Republican, then they won't. And then Democrats can come ahead. Like, yes, yes, there are plenty of Republicans who voted for Joe Biden who then voted for Republicans down ballot. And those people will probably still vote for Republicans down ballot. But they are not enough to compensate if you remove all the people who voted for Trump and then Republicans down ballot, you know? Yeah, but I just can't. Well, I can see Trump doing it. But calling for people not to vote for Republicans because they said that he lost the election? That, yeah, Trump would do that. That's crazy. But he is doing it, and which leads us to your Trump and a story I hinted at before by kind of giving it away. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Trump hasn't um, explicitly said it, but people who used to be on Trump's legal team and who, I guess, have an audience with Trump supporters have said, don't vote in the Georgia runoff election on January 5th if they don't say... Trump won the election. And then Trump had a rally in Georgia where he didn't say don't vote for them, but he complained the whole time about the election process and the Republicans who aren't supporting him and all this whole thing. Like it was just he just aired his grievances and it is it's not good. It's a bad it's a bad um scenario for Republicans because he seems intent. Trump's like if I'm going down I'm taking this party with me because he has no loyalty to the Republican party. Yeah. The Republican Party is a vessel for his own power. And he's like, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to take it with you, it seems. Because already, Raphael Warnock, Reverend Raphael Warnock, is ahead of Kelly Loeffler by a decent amount in the Senate polls. And John Ossoff is slightly ahead of David Perdue in the other Senate poll. Um, so both the Democrats are ahead in both cases. Now, personally... I think the best case scenario is Warnock beats Loeffler, Purdue beats Ossoff. Like the best realistic scenario. Like I think it'll go one Republican, one Democrat. Best case, but both Republicans definitely have a shot despite the polls being ahead. But if the Democrats are already ahead in the polls and then you convince a whole bunch of Trump voters to not vote, yeah, that both Democrats could pull ahead and win. Like, yeah, go for it. It's rigged. Don't Don't participate in a rigged election. All our Georgia listeners, I'm with you. Don't don't do that. Why would you? <laughs> yeah. You know it's rigged. You're, Stay you're away. You're in a tight situation, and then you're you're 
shooting yourself in the foot. So there was a, a, a debate between Raphael Warnock and Kelly Loeffler recently, and Kelly Loeffler refused to say whether or not Biden won the election. She didn't say he didn't, but she didn't say he did. He, she just dodged it every time. Well, she's still counting. You know, it takes some time. Yeah. And then David Perdue is flat out refusing to debate John Ossoff, which is never a good look. No, no, it's not. That should It should cost you votes when you won't debate the other person. But right now you can just say, I'm not doing it because of COVID. Is that what his excuse is? No, I don't think so. That's what I would say. I'm not doing it now because it's not safe because of COVID. Yeah, but then you'd have to acknowledge COVID is a danger and Republicans won't do that. Come on. They can, they can acknowledge something when it suits them. It wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, that's fair. I'm trying to tell you something about my life. Closer to fine. You know, I was scrolling through, I think, Facebook or something last night, and I saw this article from, it's called Western Mass News. And there is a bridge in Utah that the government of Utah put up that's for wildlife. It crosses Interstate 80. It's 350 feet long. This is to so that the animals would take the bridge across the interstate instead of going across the interstate and causing accidents and getting run over and all this kind of thing. So the Utah Department of Transportation says it's the first of its kind. So they set up a video, I guess, to see if anybody was using the bridge, who or what was using the bridge. And... There is a number of animals that are now using the bridge, including deer, porcupines, mountain lions, bears, and bobcats. I'm assuming not all at the same time. There's not like some sort of mass bloodbath on the bridge, although there is. If you watch the video, and it's fun, it's an interesting watch. You can see a bear and a mountain lion, but there is there is one spot where they show this squirrel, and then they show like a fox or something going the other way with a squirrel in its mouth. Oh, so no. the animals may get smart and like, hey everybody's using this bridge i'm gonna get some dinner here but right now it seems like a a safe place to cross the bridge which actually reminds me of a story when i i used to work at uh aber aber diamonds it was called and we had 40 percent of a mine in the nwt the diavik diamond mine and and one of those mines one of the pipes the kimberlite pipe was underwater so to get to the pipe they had to build this big dike right to get the to dewater it and then you can mine it with an open pit mine so yeah they're dewatering it and part of the conservation is they couldn't hurt the fish they had to take the fish out and put them on the other side carefully so they were doing this but by sort of within hours of doing it the bigger fish on the other side realized what was happening and just were sort of it was like a buffet meal for them. They were just waiting on the other side and just <laughs> eating up all the fish that got dumped over. So we're you're taking all this all this care to get the fish out so nobody's harmed and it was just a mass feeding frenzy on the other side of the deck. <laughs> so it it could turn into something like that, you know, with the bears on one side and the mountain lions on the other, just waiting for the little guys to cross for dinner. But I, <laughs> well, maybe not bears because I think bears are mostly. They aren't really super carnivores, but anyway, funny. Yeah. Over to you. You got something? No. No? No, not. (laughs) (laughs) COVID. Rudy has COVID. (laughs) And now the end is near. Parting thoughts. 
You got some? Yeah, you know, I just today's my last day of classes, and and I'm quite looking forward to it. But I've kind of already entered vacation mode, <laughs> and so I was working on this project yesterday, and I was really I kind of just decided to be done eventually and handed in like and i met all the specifications and everything but at some point i was like i'm just gonna stop working on this (laughs) yeah that's right that's not a great attitude to be in because i have to do today's class and then i also have to record singing videos today to submit and then there's like a little presentation on wednesday over zoom but i've already kind of checked out and it's great i'm very happy (laughs) because you fly home uh saturday right god do i fly home this saturday i believe so yeah I do. That's neat. So next podcast will be together. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. In Ontario, <laughs> the all Eastern Canada version. Although if you, the people in the East don't consider Ontario East, Central Canada version. Yeah. Of of uh, of the podcast for a couple weeks, so that'll be nice. Well, we we had uh, an early Christmas present that we gave to Madeline last night. And we watched this Sean Mendez unstaged show. Uh, it was it was a concert about an hour or so long on that was essentially it was on youtube now listen sean's not necessarily my first choice in music but he writes his own stuff he plays the piano he plays the guitar i think you have to respect him as a mu- musician and it was a pretty good show it was all right and and i think it's interesting i haven't there's been a lot of like one-off videos in that but i haven't seen a lot of concerts online like full-on concerts and i wonder if they're gonna bother or or now with the vaccine if people are just gonna wait but yeah, it was interesting yeah hey i see underneath this uh the parting thoughts box on our outline you have keep track of from episode yeah. nine yeah i know Toronto cop constable line and peters who lives in paris ontario yeah any updates not yet no <laughs> it's on there if, if i see any articles about it i'll i'll bring it in uh, just something that i'll remember <laughs> But I, I don't know what's happened to that yet. I, I wonder if that was a while ago now. So I wonder if that's gone to trial yet. This stuff takes years to go to trial, eh? Like, it takes a long time. That's true. Maybe if we Google it specifically, something will come up. Maybe, yeah. The other thing is the other thing that I, I'm so happy about that, well, that might be a slight exaggeration, but I'm happy about Clementine season. I love Clementines. Madeline hates the smell of oranges, but I love Clementines. So we, yeah, we're, we're already on our second box. So nice. good so good all right well that's it for episode number 14 of season two thanks for listening and we will talk at you again next week from ontario see you you later ohio